and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through his ordinary ways. I'm Winston Weber, and today I have Matthew Holbrook with us. Uh, Matthew, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to see you, and I'm glad you're here because we are talking about something that might seem like something we should have started with, but lo, this is our second podcast, so it doesn't really matter. We're talking about why we're calling this the Ordinary Church Podcast. Uh, it kind of seems like an odd name, but really it came out of a lot of stuff that you've been talking about, and so I wanted to talk to you about what an ordinary church means. So talk to us a little bit. When we say ordinary church, what exactly are we talking about? Well, it's a great question and something I think that uh, is a little bit uh, different from what a lot of Christians and a lot of churches might be thinking about these days. But I think it's helpful to start off uh, in thinking about what do we mean when we just say ordinary. And uh, that starts with just this idea of God's ordinary means of grace, not really a terminology that we use uh, very often in our church, but it is an important concept. What is the ordinary means? What are the ordinary ways, the ordinary, if you want to use purposes or or um, tools even that God uses to accomplish his purposes? Mm. When we think about that in terms of salvation, that can be pretty clear. God ordinarily calls people to himself through the preaching of the gospel, whether that be from uh, a pastor in the form of a sermon or uh, in the context of individual relationships. But God calls people to himself through the preaching of the gospel. That is his ordinary means of grace. And clearly when we're talking about that, that is a huge event in anybody's life is getting saved. It's, It's clearly when we say ordinary, we're not intending to sound boring or mediocre in any sort of way. It's just normative way that things are happening. Anything that God does is extraordinary. God <laughs> okay, God fair. interacts with us in extraordinary ways, but what is extraordinary to us is ordinary for God. And it's important to note that God doesn't always have to operate through his ordinary means. Uh, we know that if we did not proclaim the gospel, the rocks would cry out. Mm. That would be extraordinary. How God saved Saul and brought him to be the Apostle Paul. He knocked him off of his horse. He did that in extraordinary ways. So we're not saying that God always acts in the same way, but there are patterns. There are normative, ordinary ways that God operates. And so when we talk about an ordinary church, yeah. we're saying we want to be faithful to the ordinary normative ways that God operates to not only save people, but to also sanctify them. And we want to be faithful to that calling in the in the ordinary ways that God calls us to be. So what is an ordinary church then? An ordinary church would be something that's actually extraordinary, sure. um, but it would be a church that is committed to the ordinary means of grace as how God would normatively operate. So most simply, most directly, it's a church that's going to be committed to the preaching of God's word, to the study and understanding of God's word, to uh, to fellowship, to praying together, uh, to practicing the one another's together, to doing all of the ordinary things that are outlined in scripture as to how we should operate. And really what it's it's ultimately doing is it's guarding against an infatuation with with things that might be outside of the normal ways that God would operate. Could you give us an example of something that would be outside the normal ways, like 
the infatuation that you just brought up. Can you describe that a little bit? Yeah, I think we live in a culture that is driven towards the extreme, towards the the different, towards uh, that which is novel mm. um, and outside of normal or, or ordinary ways. And so we just have this natural attraction towards those things. And so we're looking for the the things that God does that are going to be big and spectacular in human terms. So that might be maybe we are we are bored with just normal church and we feel yeah. like we need to leave and go somewhere, go to a third world country and uh, and uh, dig wells or evangelize to unchurched people or or we're looking for God to be doing what we would define as the miraculous and the out of the ordinary and all of those things can be good and all are important. But are we chasing those for their sake uh, or are we chasing those out of hearts that are pursuing the glory of God by just wanting to be faithful to him in whatever way he calls us? And so when we say ordinary church, what we're really saying is we want to be faithful to how God has called us to be as a church. And we believe that as we do that, he's going to do, going to do the extraordinary through that as opposed to us just chasing the extraordinary for mm. the extraordinary sake. So when we talk about an ordinary church being a part of an ordinary church on an individual basis, we know what an ordinary church looks like. What does that mean for me? How am I supposed to interact with an ordinary church? I think what we're looking at is being, first of all, just faithful um, to being a part of and being committed to and being involved in and and part of the fabric of a church. God uses a lot of metaphors in describing the church, mm. one of which is the body of Christ. And when we are the body of Christ, that gives us a really clear picture of this interdependence and interconnectivity of those who are a part of a church. And so the normal normative operation of a church is that God has called us to be connected to and involved in a church. And I think that there are a couple of really important principles that flow out of that. Uh, first of all, that there is a commitment to. I'm, I'm, I'm a part of this group. I'm not just attending. I'm not a, uh, a spectator, but I am, I'm a part of this, uh, of this, this local body of believers. And then secondly, it means that there is a, a contributing aspect to that, that you are a, you are a part of that body in the same way that a hand exists not for its own sake, but for, mm how it functions as a part of the whole body. Um, and a lung functions as a part of the whole body, not just for its own sake. And so there is in that there's an exercising of our gifts as God has given to us for the betterment, for the edification, for the encouragement of the whole body um, being that of a, a local church. You talked a little bit about a commitment. Um, and that commitment, I think, especially in today's day and age, has wavered a lot, has gone back and forth as to what it means. We see on one hand that people just kind of, oh, I'm part of the universal church. We talked about this last week with Mike, that I'm just part of the universal church, so I just bounce around to different places. But then on the other hand, we see those near cult-like levels of commitment. And how do we find that happy medium? Yeah, I think that there is um, a call to be committed to a local body of believers and really I think where we can understand that particularly well would be in Hebrews 13, mm. where the writer of Hebrews is talking, first of all, that we are to be in submission to the leaders of a church. And so that goes mm. to the first part of your question. We're to be in submission to the leaders of uh, of a church. That, that applies to all of us, including 
to Pastor Mike, mm. who is in submission to the elders of the church and to each individual elder, to the rest of the elders, to each individual member, to the leadership of the church. We are all to be in mutual submission mm. um, within the body of believers, which means that we're not entirely our own, sure. that we we are um, we are willing to be under the authority and direction of somebody else. And then your question goes to to the other extreme, is that uh, is there an unhealthy aspect of that that might even lead to what you I think refer Un, to as yeah, a, an unhealthy level of commitment, right? Like. To where there's it's it's controlling. You know, there's uh, there there is direction in in scripture to the qualifications for elders and to the kinds of leaders that should be put in place, and and there's directions to those leaders uh, to be functioning in such a way that it is not about the power or the control, but it is to be driven by their love first of all for the Savior and then a love for His people, mm. and uh, and that's why when we come back to Hebrews 13, there is a call to those leaders that they are responsible in some way to give an account for the souls of those that have been entrusted to them. Mm. And uh, the call then for the people to each of us as individuals is to allow those leaders to to give an account with joy mm. um, and to be functioning from joy in that it's, it is something joyous to do. And the, the whole context of how we would live and operate and, and serve the Lord and seek him together is that we would do this life seeking the Lord together, but that it would be in joy, that we would, that they would, our joy would be multiplied because we're doing it together. So then as an average churchgoer, what should our chief concern be when we talk about a local church, being involved in a local church? Uh, what should I be most concerned about? Again, I think it comes back to this, this connectedness, which, which means that there are relationships. And um, when there are relationships, there's messiness, Hmm. And so I think as a uh, as a, a person who is committed to a local church, it means that I'm embracing the messiness of human beings interacting and relating to each other. Hmm. We look at uh, Paul's exhortation to the Thessalonians, and he says that they are to make it their ambition to lead a quiet life, mind their own business, work with their hands. In other words, do the ordinary, normal things in life and do that together. But all of that is under the umbrella, what he says right before that. Hey, Thessalonian church, love each other. You're doing you're doing this well. Mm-hmm. Excel still more. You can do even more. So all of this kind of normal life comes together in the context of love each other and do it even better. Mm-hmm. And so as we love each other and we do life together, there is this the the, the messiness of of human life. And so what do you do as a, as a member of an ordinary church? It just means be a part of doing life with other believers committed in the same body. And so we serve one another. We love one another. We encourage one another. We admonish one another. And we do all of those one another's together all under this this umbrella of love each other and do that excelling still more. Yeah. And clearly, I mean, we're talking right now, and I, I can't get this concept out of my head because for so long, ordinary to me means boring. But clearly, that is not at all the case here. When you're talking about being involved in a church with a bunch of sinners who are going to sin and things are going to get messy, it's not going to be boring for very long, especially if you're doing it right. There is nothing boring about the Christian life. Um, <laughs> we are serving the king of the universe mm. in um, in whatever way he calls us, and he has called us to do this as a as a family, as a body of believers who come together and strive together for the gospel, and there isn't anything boring about that. 
everything, again, that God does is extraordinary, mm. but there are normal ways that he operates in his extraordinary purposes. Mm. And so he's, uh, he's called us to do that together. And, and so we do that wholeheartedly and embrace the, the challenges and the messiness of that and trust that the Holy Spirit works in and through us as a body of believers to accomplish God's ultimate purposes. Mm. So each church's context is going to change, is going to be different, but uh, as far as for those who are probably the majority listening to this podcast who are members of Grace Church or at least attend Grace Church, uh, what would be the way that they can get more involved with grace? What would be the one way that you say, this is the way you need to be more connected with grace? Again, I think it comes back to first and foremost, a mental uh, commitment, first of all, to say, these are my people. These are my human beings that God has given to me to do life with in mm. pursuing him in the context of the church. And so there's, I think, a, a starting place of, of a recognition of God, thank you for these these people, these human beings. Mm. And then the next part is, how do I connect with and get to know these human beings as we strive together for the gospel? And so I think there's a lot of practical ways to do that. One is just showing up, mm. being here on a regular basis and uh, and interacting with other people. Um, maybe not uh, just showing up for the service right on time and then leaving as soon as it's over, but having an opportunity to get to know other people, mm. um, being involved in, in home groups or um, men's ministry or women's ministry, um, going to retreats as as they come up or different types of church events. And if you say, hey, you know what? That's really hard for me. I have a hard time connecting with other people. Uh, my encouragement is pursue that with a, with a high level of intensity. It's something that mm. God values, that we are connected as a body of believers. And so uh, just be committed to that. And maybe it takes a long time. But if it's important and if it's something that God places a high value on, then we continue to, to say, how do, I, how do I connect and find a way to serve and be a part of this particular body? Yeah. Just in closing, I, you've been very careful not to say this, and I, I didn't realize it until you had that anchored retreat um, a couple weeks ago when talking about how we don't go to church. Uh, you've been very careful to say that, and I just wanted to bring that up a little bit of we don't go to church. We are a part of a church. Um, and so I can't help but bring that up as something that should define us. We don't go to church. We are the church. So Yeah, it's a it's a frustrating question for me, and I probably am even guilty of it sometimes when somebody says, well, where do you go, go to, to church? church yeah. um, you know, I, I put that, that, that brings church to the same level of where do you go to a coffee shop or mm. where do you go shopping? Um, those are things that you can change on a whim, yeah. and it doesn't really matter. But when you are a part of a church, you are connected to the fabric of of that entity. Um, it's kind of it, like it, saying, "Where do you go to family?" Like, right. It doesn't really make sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's what part of what family are you a part of is the more appropriate question, and that's true, I think, when it comes to church. Uh, well, Matthew, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And just one last thing: How long have you actually been going to Grace here? Longer than you've been alive. Yeah, I think that's uh, Almost true. <laughs> longer than I've been alive because I've been here since the first Sunday of my life. Oh, so okay. uh, that's that's a long time. You've been going to this church. For the, oh, I caught you. part oh, of this church. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Good well, catch. Thank you so much, Matthew. I really appreciate you spending the time. And thank you all for joining us for Ordinary Church. If you would like to contact us or ask a question, you can email us at ordinarychurch at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next week for Ordinary Church. Talk to you later.